You are listening to episode 37 of the On The Wrong Lead podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at wrong underscore lead, youtube.com slash on the wrong lead, and visit our website at on the wrong Help support On The Wrong Lead by signing up for AM Wager and earn 10% back up to $500 on all exotic and win bets made in your first 30 days. Use our link in the podcast notes. You can also support us by buying a t-shirt or other merch at ontherongleed.com. Hey guys, it's Josh here from On The Wrong Lead. Uh, It's been a while since we've done one of these. Uh, We have a very special episode coming up here. Uh, Myself, Chase, and a special guest, John Massey. Sweet, sassy John Massey. Uh, We talked a little bit about, uh, you know, wagering on big days, kind of our strategy behind it. Um, And, uh, you know, John Massey's got uh, some strong opinions on, on stakes days, so I thought it'd be fun to have him you know, talk a little bit about that. Um, and then we talk a little bit of uh, Derby and Oaks Day. Not too much because obviously we have our streams coming up this week, uh, Thursday and Friday night at 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern. We will be doing our live streams on YouTube as usual. Um, we'll be talking through the big stakes card uh, for Kentucky Oaks Day, Kentucky Derby Day. Um, so, Please come out and join us. Uh, we appreciate all the comments and questions and, uh, you know, bickering uh, and what else happens on there. Um, do you want to give a big shout out to uh, to Keep Pounding? Uh, I don't think I shout him out in the episode, so he's going to get one nice and early in here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've done one of these. So um, I, I did want to take a little bit of time and just kind of... Uh, talk with you guys before we uh, we get into our little little chat here um so this week uh is going to be uh opening day at arlington on friday um i actually took a half day off work uh and i'm gonna be heading up to the track uh so i haven't been up to the track i didn't go to the track at all last year um so with them closing allegedly closing this year um i decided that i am going to try and go as much as I can. Um, since, you know, I mean, Hawthorne will still be around if, uh, Arlington closes this year. And, uh, actually what's kind of funny is our last podcast was, uh, I think, uh, RIP Arlington about two months ago, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be sad. Um, you know, I've gone back and forth. I, I think I've talked about it before about, you know, supporting Churchill down CDI, you know, using Brisnets and using twin spires. Like, should I do this? Should I bet on Churchill? And, you know, I've kind of come to the conclusion not to, uh, bite off my nose to spite my face. Um, you know, I do well at Churchill. I like the betting product at Churchill. I'm going to continue to play Churchill. Um, even, uh, even after what's going to happen to Arlington, which, you know, probably makes me, I don't know, a shill. I don't know what it makes me. I still use Brisnet. You know, I've been using more Timeform. Um, I use Timeform on, on the weekend, uh, along with Brisnet, but yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's sad. Um, but I'm excited. It's going to be a fun day. Uh, I'll be going with my brother and a couple of friends and, uh, you know, Oaks, Oaks card will be in, in full swing by the time I get up there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be sad too, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoy our discussion here. Um, once again, if you guys got any comments, uh, you can hit us up at wrong underscore lead on Twitter. Uh, you guys can hit me at, at cherry drank, um, you know, leave us a comment here on Twitter, anywhere. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback. And, uh, once again, thanks for listening and hope you guys enjoy. So it's been a long time coming with what, how long has it been since we recorded chase? Probably like, uh, three yeah, months. I, I want to say maybe like, uh, maybe three months. Cause I want to say the last time we were talking, we were, we were talking about Saudi cup. Um, and that was like January, early February, somewhere in there. Yeah. It feels like forever. I know, uh, life's gotten away since, uh, I started, I've started a new job recently. I know you've, uh, you've been starting some, some new projects there on the side. Um, you know, I had Caleb fill in one week, uh, but I just kind of like took some time to 
you know, re uh, recharge the batteries a little bit, and we're gonna get for, we're gonna for us to open. grow as people, but also grow as a couple. Exactly, and we're gonna we're gonna be real busy this summer. I already like just like even thinking about uh, the next couple next couple of months. And hopefully you get some travel involved in there too, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how things work out. But uh, it's Derby Week, and uh, normally for Derby Week, I uh, I line up a bunch of guests, and you know we do the whole uh, thing that every other podcast does, where they have a bunch of guests do different races. And uh, I was just like, eh, not feeling that this year. So instead, uh, I, I did. Uh, I called upon. Uh, friend of the show probably the uh, most frequent chatter in our live streams and also uh what's the what's the word i'm looking for the muse the muse of uh of guy on the ground of uh, mr chase over here because i know he uh gave this man a lot of credit for his hot streak he had in january uh, mr john massey how are you doing john uh it's good to be here uh i'm hanging in there i've been Busy for me as well, uh, both family and professionally. But uh, looking forward to as much of the Derby card as I normally look forward to the Derby weekend, uh, and getting the fingernails a little dirty and uh, the eyes a little blurry. Looking at these PPs and talking myself off horses that ultimately win. <laughs> oh, we're good at doing that. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I wanted to get you on here because I know um, when we we talk some of these uh, these weekend stakes. Uh, I, I know you have a um, oh, what's a good word for it? Uh, a slight disdain for uh, for both graded stakes and uh, big days, especially like the Breeders' Cup. I know I know how much you hate the Breeders' Cup, and you know, I mean, we could we could talk about about that till the cows come home. But uh, you know, there was something that. Um, I was kind of thinking about which was uh you know the effect of big days on on horse players you know i i know a lot of people um or at least it used to be where people thought that you know derby day is is like like that that makes or breaks your year and like yeah i guess a big store a big score anywhere will make or break your year but you know everyone really puts a lot of focus on derby day and um while I think Derby Day is important, uh, uh, you know, there's I think there's a little bit more than uh, than focusing on big days. But uh, you know, you have a you have a I guess a more more negative take than that on on big days, don't you? Well, I mean, and maybe the Derby this year and the Oaks this year aside, although the Derby is still going to have a relatively short price favorite in a in essential quality. Um, but the big days at a lot of these tracks, number one. They're way too long. I mean, 14 races, 13 races on a given day, uh, the big day going on for eight or nine hours is a bit much. It's a bit extreme. They fill with fluff for the first six races of the card, seven races of the card anyway, so all these owners can go into the boxes and have their horses running on Derby Day for these fat purses. So we have an allowance, non-winners of one, uh, for $80,000, we have a maiden special weight. I mean, why are these on Kentucky Derby Day when by stakes alone you could still have eight quality races or nine quality races on a given day? So that's one of my complaints. And on all these other tracks with all these derby preps and oak preps, uh, the short fields with an overabundance of short prices, odds-on choices, winning these races. And they're really, unless you're a chalk turner with a big payroll, who's getting these rebates for hammering these 240, 260, 280 winners, uh, there really isn't a ton of profit to be made. And it gets frustrating when you're going and trying to dig deep into this, when it's just like, why don't I just pick the chalk? Why don't I just pick the speed horse? Because this track is so souped up, nobody will be able to pass a soul on the conveyor belt. And it will just be wire-to-wire winner, kind of like what we saw at the Breeders' Cup last year at Keeneland, where it was such a drag strip. So these are some of my problems with these big days in the States. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what was really interesting to me is, uh, especially for this year, I don't remember them running two races after the Derby. Is that normal? 
Yeah, they've done yeah. that. Yeah, they have. Uh, I, I, I remember them running one, but I don't remember them running two, I guess. Yeah, the, the, John, the John Kenton Court special is usually winning one of those last two races. Oh, man. John Court. Bailout specials. All the those man does are the definitions of decisions. bailout specials. All the man does is make good decisions, <laughs> except, for, except for when he doesn't. But most of the time, he's making great decisions. I am laughing because I was just like, I just pulled up the PPs real quick and I looked at race 13 and I see uh, Triple Tap. <laughs> Triple Tap is running in race 13 after the Derby. So uh, congratulations the, to... Uh, after the Derby or after the Oaks? Uh, after the Derby. Okay. So uh, congratulations to optional claiming 75,000 non-winners of, uh, of two uh, champion uh, Bob Baffert with uh, Triple Tap here. But uh, and then we end, and then we end with the maiden special weight. Yeah, six furlongs. It's just what we need. Yeah, I this we'll have to wait for the big the big crowd to clear out. Yeah, I just mean, too much. Yeah, Derby Day. I'll uh, I won't be on track. I'll be I'll be at home, so that's not going to be that big of a deal. Um, but uh, Oaks Day, um, I will be at uh, at Arlington um, for their opening day. So that should be. Uh, that should be interesting to see what uh, what that crowd's going to be like and and how that's going to be. But uh, but Chase, what do what do you think? You know, I, I know you you're somebody who follows um, you follow like a real specific circuit. You know, you you kind of have Oaklawn uh, to start the year off. Then you move to Belmont. Then to Saratoga. Then Aqueduct. And then Oaklawn. And you kind of just like cycle that. Um, but you know, you, you jump in, uh, and sorry, I forgot to mention Charlestown, um, and Australia, A, B, C, and D, uh, when you look at the place pools and racing Victoria. Oh yeah. Racing Victoria. But, um, uh, but yeah, like, so like, what do you think? Like, you know, I mean, let's say Derby aside, right. Um, what, what do you think, like, when the West Coast has a big day, right? Like, when Pacific Classic Day comes around at Del Mar or, uh, you know, um, I mean, maybe even, like, Big Cap Day, you know, at Santa Anita. Like, on, on a, a place where you're not normally following, how do you kind of handle that? I, I generally don't, you know, with, like, especially, like, West Coast, like, days like Pacific Classic, sorry, Pacific Classic Day and um, with... Uh, you know, big cap day. And it, the, it seems like the only one of those that I actually follow, um, is, um, Oh, the, uh, the car that they have on the, the 26th of every year, the day after Christmas, um, with, you know, like Malibu, the Mal- Malibu day. Yeah. Um, you know, I, if I were smart, I would only play Churchill downs like for, Kentucky Derby Day. Um, it's it's a track that seems to like consistently eat my lunch. But for some reason, on Derby Day, it seems to make sense. And I think a lot of it is is kind of what like John Massey, you know, mentioned uh, is is that you know you're you're getting pretty reliable, you know, pretty reliable favorites that you can that you can kind of slam through. Um, I, I I feel like on this day though, there's always there's always one you know like Funny Duck or you know some other bomb that that will make divisadero like, divisadero that that will make an early pick four pay you know just a just a stupid amount um i've i've gotten to where i i just see honestly i see the kentucky derby is more it, it just seems like a busy week at, at work to me now because you know you've got it's a, it's a big card and you know i you have to put so much effort into into just the derby because it's a twenty horse race. You know, I I'm not a huge fan of the of the big days. Uh, I I I kind of enjoy playing like claimers and allowance horses and you know maiden claiming races and stuff. I feel like I do do well with that. Um, you know, I I could do without them if you just ran every horse as a claimer. And just made the claiming prices <laughs> progressively more, you know, like a one million dollar claiming race. Um, I, I would, I would be all in for that. But yeah, um, 
I, I feel like I, I get more results on, on a big day that make me feel like I might cry a little bit from rage. Um, you know, whenever there's a Baffert tearing down the middle of the lane, you know, in the Kentucky Derby, and I'm literally standing up and I'm not cheering for anyone. I'm just yelling the words, anybody but you. Like, you know, it, it's that kind of infuriating. Like the the whole authentic last year was was absolutely, you know, absolutely infuriating. There there will be other things like Gamine <laughs> will be absolutely infuriating. But yeah. To answer the question, I really feel like I didn't, but I want to stop talking now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Kentucky Derby Day for me is uh, is big, but that's also because I uh, I enjoy betting on Kentucky racing. So I uh, well, that's <laughs> one of us. Kentucky racing minus Keeneland, which is like the exact opposite of like everybody else, because most people are like, I hate all Kentucky racing, but Keeneland. I love Keeneland. I I don't know. I I I just like seem to understand Churchill Downs for some reason. Uh but uh I mean I guess it's a it's a curse, you know. But yeah. uh but yeah, so like Kentucky Derby Day for me is uh you know is is a big day. But yeah, like once like Belmont Day comes around or you know preakness or um you know we, we get a, away from the Kentucky and like fairgrounds uh uh circuit like I just I don't know. I, I, I gotta, I gotta be better about realizing like, Hey, like, okay. You know, we, I mean, Chase and I, you know, we cap these every, every week, you know, we, we follow these big races and um, so like, yeah, like, Hey, play a pick five or like a slim pick five or play, you know, a race that maybe I, I have a strong opinion on, but like, you know, there's like, there's no reason I think to just like, Hey, there's a big day at some track I don't follow. Let's like not play at my normal track and just forget about that and put all my bankroll towards this big day at this other place. So, um. I think one of the things that I mean for big horse players, it's playing a lot of playing very few races, but watching a lot of them. And yeah. you have to be aware of what's going on. Um, you have to be aware of what's going on in these situations as the, at these different tracks um, and see how they're playing such that when you're shipping and you have a big day, I mean, if you see that the aqueduct track has been playing slow and heavy and catering to closers, or you see that Keeneland, the inside, wasn't as good, you keep these in mind so when they arrive at another track, you can see how that track's playing and how their run style really fits in with what's going on. Yeah, I think uh, I think we probably uh, kind of talked that uh, <laughs> talk that topic to death here a little bit. Um, and so now, after trashing uh, big days, uh, John Massey, do you have any thoughts uh, coming up on these uh, these next two? Uh, you know, Friday and Saturday. I know Chase and I were going to be spending entirely too much time on. Well, at least they're not going to be five horse fields, so uh, maybe we'll be forgiven um, for talking at length at some of these races. But anything that like stands out to you, like we don't have to go through every race or anything like that. But is there any anything uh, anything interesting in the, the 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 stakes races this weekend that that you're kind of taking a look at? So starting oh. starting with the graded stakes on on Friday on the Oaks card with the the sixth the Ali Sheba, I have what I am calling the existential crisis pick three ticket that I would like to absolutely hammer through the six the section just real quick. Looking at the Ali Sheba grade two mile mile and a sixteenth, um, there is no other speed but Roadster which is really difficult for me to say, but like Roadster should probably walk away with this. Then I look at the next race, unless Aunt Pearl hits a sinkhole or other things don't, you know, make it to Kentucky on time, um, Aunt Pearl should romp. And then that leaves you open to like horses like Envoutant, She Dares the Devil, Dunbar Road, and I actually want a little bit of the uh, the horse uh, 
uh, Sanus um, that that could be like a speedball on the front end and the and the Latroy end. Like that that seems like a really easy just single single you know to some some logicals that you can really kind of probably put a good little a good little base amount towards and then still have the, that horse like uh, Sanus that would uh, kind of blow up that pick three sequence. Like you have to steal like John Massey's Thunder for some reason. Like, what did he ever do to you? What did it? What did I? How? But what did I? That or he just changed his name to, you know, John Massey to get a better idea of what it was like to be me when asked a question. I had no idea he was my wife. Um, just jump in like that. Uh, but but to me, talking about how. Uh, tracks we're playing and watching these different tracks. Looking at Sanus uh, in the La Troyenne, the inside at Keeneland this spring was not great. Uh, horses tend to close from the three path, stayed off the rail, especially early in the meet. It began to change a little bit as they progressed towards the last two weeks of the meet. But when they're running that Madison, that Sanus is not a seven furlong horse. That was a warm up. Kimari uh, laid over that field anyway. So I think this was a torque up. The, the Madison was a torque up for this spot. Uh, I expect to get every bit of the 10 to 1 because you hear all the talk about the inside three horses in that field, and especially She Dares the Devil, who has the very short morning line. I've never been a tremendous fan of Dunbar Road. I always thought a step below, nice horse, but just a step below the likes of Monomoy Girl or valiance, uh, as was proven in the Breeders' Cup distaff. And this is uh, kind of a spot where I think both She Dares the Devil and Dunbar Road could get knocked off. And I'm going to be playing horizontal sequences using Sanus in that race. And I will also use a sequence where I single Ant Pearl, but also play against through Sanus and a couple of those other horses in the La Troyenne uh, to try to get a good payout figuring that both favorites don't win those consecutive races uh, on the just, card in races seven and eight. It seems like, like such a, such a good sequence to where if you've got like a strong opinion to just be strong about your strong about your opinion there for three races, you know, um, I kind of worry what the, what the pick three could look like if you catch that, that chalk, early i gotta think that roadster probably isn't going to take a ton of money especially with maxfield in there um which will help um and then you know you aunt pearl you just got to kind of probably single and move on but yeah i don't know saw that and it jumped out at me because it would be a baffert and a cox and then all sorts of trainers that i don't feel good about in the uh in the luxury end I think that's one of the most important things of these big weekends with so many races is you have to pick and choose those spots that speak to you. And when I'm talking about pick fours or pick fives, I'm not considering even touching a pick four or pick five unless there is a single that I like and a favorite that I don't like. Right. Uh, Those are like the things that I have in mind on a checklist. And if I can't play against a favorite in a sequence for – one reason or another, whether it's the distance, whether it's the jockey, whether it's the trip, the pace scenario, if I can't find that favorite that I'm against, I'm just not interested in the sequence. See, part of the reason that I that I love handicapping with with sweet sassy John Massey is that he will flat out he will flat out scold me when I get off of off of uh off of trail and uh you know kind of lo- lose what I'm looking at and uh this feels like a like one of those situations where you would be like, you know, you said this was your strongest opinion. Why did you just kind of pussyfoot around with what you did? Yeah, I think you had the wrong horse in uh, in the uh, Ali Sheba, but uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Oh, what? No, let's do it now. What do you think is the right horse there, Josh? Can't leave the listeners hanging. I mean... Chase, you know which horse I like in the spot, right? Maxfield. Oh, absolutely not. Chess Chief. Absolutely, absolutely yes, Chess Chief. I'm going back to the Chess Chief. Well, I thought he was going to wire that last race, and then he missed the break, and I was just tearing up my tickets. 
Yeah, he closed in. That horse helped me beat Murphy in our head-to-head. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I re- like. I know if you look at Brisnet, Chess Chief has got that P designation, but I really think that he's, you know, more of a EP type horse. I think uh, it doesn't really matter. He can be, you know, close to the lead. He can come from far back. Um, I mean, he looks like the horse to beat in here. I mean, yeah, I guess Maxfield, but this might be. Maybe too shy. Uh, street sense. I mean, I guess this is fine, but I mean, four to five on Maxfield is just gross, especially yeah, going against reunited and it feels so good with Jose Ortiz. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Although I guess Jose kind of picked it back up at the end of the, the aqueduct meet. So, um, but I know he's been, uh, He's been on the struggle bus a little bit, but uh, yeah, I mean, I really think your only your only possible winners in this race are going to be those last three horses, and I'd much rather take a shot with Chess Chief or or even Roadster than than putting any money through Maxfield here. Um, but you know, I mean, I'll probably play something skinny out of this race if I do play anything. Uh, but luckily, there's like pick five's not out of here; it's just a pick six, so. It might be more of like a double type play and uh, either try to double in and out of there and, and get around Maxfield and get uh, get a nice return for uh, for a small investment. Um, but uh, yeah. Think- and it's interesting to note that pick six starting there in race six because of the guaranteed payout on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised that there is a larger than normal, larger than even Oaks Day regular uh, pool for this pick six uh with people trying to snatch it before it hits derby day and i will say uh for those of you who maybe don't play churchill downs normally their jackpot is significantly reduced to like the rainbow so i for think for belmont yeah the belmont carry over six pick sixes i think even on i think even on a normal a normal payout effective takeout is between like 22 and 24 percent after the the jackpot which like isn't great like don't get me wrong i'm not trying to defend the the jackpot pick six here but like i think the rainbow six is in the 30 or 40 percent effective takeout if it's a not guarantee not a not a force out so with uh with the jackpot provision um someone can probably check my math on that but i just know that uh that the jackpot uh, provisions should not be allowed. It is against the spirit of paramutual wagering. Period. Uh, hey, I'm just telling you that when I you know look, I, when you, you look, no, 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 no. I'm I'm agreeing with you. Like, I mean, look at what happened at um, Sam Houston for like the second year in a row. They've gotten like humongous amounts of support, and they're they're going to keep keep raising purses because of how much money they're getting through why because of the player friendly you know uh 12% takeout uh and i mean all of their i believe it's is it 12% or 15% i think, I think it's 12. 12 i think it's 12 right um but player friendly takeout and all the horizontals and now they they took away the jackpot pick 6 it's a 50 cent pick 6 so um and then, and uh canterbury park the same thing and yeah. with with what they did with the reduced takeouts, and they went back to it, and they're Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, and then they pick up Sundays, um, and they're going to be carrying that through also. And they're going back to a more traditional pick six because they see people. That's what people want to play. They don't, they're tired. Of, we're tired of jackpot wagering, and we only play it on payout days, mandatory days, when it's an actual pick six or whatever it's going to be. Yep. I do have to ask, how much money are you going to have uh, in race 10 going through the four Classy John? Uh, zero, because there's nothing classy about me. Uh, I mean, I guess that's if it were sassy, If it were Sassy John, it would be a different story. How about right. a Johnny Unleashed? I, I, I kind of like Johnny Unleashed in that race. That's caveat emptor. No, that's, a, that's a true buyer beware situation. <laughs> uh, what about the what about the Oaks? You got a you got a quick Oaks pick for us? I like Clarier. Um, I like Daphne getting on. 
I think had um, issues in trip against travel column on a typically closer, unfriendly track in the fairgrounds. Uh, and I think bred for the distance because despite how I'm criticized for it, I like Curlin as a sire. And I think Curlin is a good distance sire. And thank God we have him in the States because we let, we let Flower Alley go to Japan. So I, already, I like Clarier. I already know fun. that uh, I already know that uh, Chase absolutely hates the horse who I like in this race. I I, uh, I I don't know if I absolutely hate any horse here. I'm not really enthused about about much. Um, I do kind of like search results uh, a little bit. Um, I don't know. I just I don't know where the speed comes from here. Like I need to get in and, and figure out where it's actually going to where it's actually going to come from because no one really wants to be kind of burning it out on the front here. And I thought, especially with the scratch of Ava's grace. Yes. So if Ava's grace is out, then I mean, you really don't have any speed. And I feel like this is a, a race where they will be bunched into the turn and, uh, you know, bunched through the opening quarter, bunched into the turn and have the, the horse kind of on the front, uh, kind of kick away with it. So I I'm interested in search results. Um, maybe travel column um but i'm i'm going to want i'm going to want a little bit of uh early speed um you know if you can get a a price on a horse like you know miraz maybe um i would even even consider that just because crazy shit happens in the oaks so might be good to have a couple of you know a couple of plans here yeah well i, and like I also to- think uh past the champagnes takes a step forward also so i think past the champagnes going to be forwardly placed or just right behind um, whomever is deciding to set the pace. So I, this, I'm willing to put money and pass the champagne there too. This this is my my bold prediction is that whoever wins the Oaks is the the horse that breaks on top in the Oaks. That's kind of what I'm what I'm thinking. Where you know I can see the horses that I feel like should be should be the fastest running on the front end, but there are going to be there are about three or four that fit that style, and it might just be more of like a question of you know attrition and horizontals of like, all right, I want these five horses that fit this style, just whichever one makes it through here. The Oaks feels impossible for me for verticals. And I'm usually more a vertical player than a horizontal player um, and go race by race. And this just feels impossible because everybody, who are you kicking out from the pace scenario? Like who's going to be far back? And this is one of the problems with all these prep races that we had. You're looking at six-horse field, four-horse field, seven-horse field, eight-horse field, and a lack of speed. So it's just going to be one huddle mass, and this is why stuff happens. Because yeah. whomever has the clean trip and the cleanest and the room to wind up and have the turn of foot in the stretch at the turn wins. And we don't know what the position is going to be because they're just going to be a blob. From the from what looks like the speed map, well, we want you to be close up. Well, everybody's gonna be close up. I don't know how many stragglers you're gonna have in that field. Honestly, I, to me, the Oaks is so weird and not typically Oaks because usually there's those legit speed horses. Usually, there every winner of a prep race came was raiding on the front end and just went wire to wire. Such that it would set up for a princess of Silmar coming from off the pace, or she dares the devil sitting in the lurking third, someone who could then make the run coming from behind. And I don't see where that's happening here. Yeah, I'd like uh, of the short prices. The only one I'm really interested in is uh, Travel Column, um, but uh, I like three prices in here, and I'll I'll, I'll talk more about this on uh, tomorrow's stream. Um, but, uh, I, I like the horse that I know Chase hates, which is the one Pauline's Pearl. Um, I also, uh, like the, oh God, the four horse, uh, crazy beautiful. Um, and the other horse I like is a horse that I just keep on coming back to. And I just like, I don't know. I don't without, know. Without Ava's grace. I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate. Uh, Pauline's Pearl at all? Like, actually, kind of, I kind of like that. that I hate Ricky Santa. I would prefer Arietta on the horse. <laughs> I also, uh, I also like the fourteen Milfoy. Um, I'm going back to the Milfoy oh. here, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I got to I got to look a little deeper. I mean, that was just kind of taking a quick peek at the race. I haven't really uh, sat down and capped it completely, but uh, I'm gonna do a bit of that tonight. Um, all right, I guess uh, I guess gun to your head, John Massey. Who are you taking in the in the Derby? Essential uh, quality. Nothing flashy about it. Talk again. No, I, I, I mean, I, I think if if you can get live in the Derby and you have essential quality on your ticket, you have to be feeling pretty good. Um, but uh, I, uh, ever the contrarian, have uh, a couple other horses I think I like more. But um, I, I made the comment uh, to some other people that I was going to play and ladder bets in the Derby with 13 and 15. Not 13 and 15, 14 and 15. So Rock Your World Essential Quality to me are the two horses. And I was going to do 14, 15, 14, 15, 17, 5, 9, 14, 15, 17, 18. And play around with the order. That's what I and I'd probably throw in Midnight Bourbon in there also. So five, nine, ten, fourteen, fifteen, seventeen, eighteen. Those are the horses that I'm using. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what the uh, the Super Pool looks like this year because they're going back to the dollar. So uh, I was under the impression that they were back to ten. They were going to stay ten cent again this time, um, but uh, I guess uh, someone had told me in uh, in our private chat that uh, that is no longer the case. So. I'm, uh, I got a couple of uh, I got a couple of uh, horses I really like underneath that I'm gonna try and key and uh, see if I uh, can't spike a nice price here. I'm I'm definitely more uh, rock your world than I am. Uh... That's yeah. Looking through it, that I was kind of shocked that you weren't just unabashedly all over rock your world. There, that's pretty much. That's the Josh Rodriguez special right there. That looks like it should be the speed of speed up on the front. I feel I feel like we don't have an actual speed of speed like we've had in previous years where it's like, you know, Justify running on the front end, Authentic running on the front end, um, you know, Pharaoh running on the front end. Like I I don't know if we have legit speed of speed here and i feel like we have a couple of horses that that have to try to run to be speed of speed to to kind of keep this to to give themselves a shot and i think you're i mean gonna... if they're smart they should just let mandaloon be a sprinter as he's bred to be just to set up for essential quality yeah yeah no i i think i think essential quality gets gets a setup um you know, I, I could see a world where essential quality gets you know sucked into a to a uh, a soup and sandwich, uh, rock your world, um, you know, uh, hot rod Charlie, um, you know, kind of tussle for the front. And if that happens, then I you know it could open it up for a horse coming from just way off the pace for the first time, you know, in a long time. Um, not counting the the one derby that we don't talk about, of course. Um, well, you know, you know, helium is going to lift late. Yeah. I, I mean, I think known agenda coming in late is, is going to be, is going to be, you know, like some, some value there. Um, you know, when I look at like the Briz pace figures, I like that pattern of, you know, accelerating from E1 to E2 to late speed. I really like seeing that. Um, you know, I, I've got, Horses like, you know, highly motivated, known agenda. I've got maybe even like a taking a shot at a horse I got a futures bet in on, uh, King Fury, um, you know, as a horse that could kind of close. More than likely, what I'm going to end up playing is a central quality over some of those horses that I named yeah. um, and trying to get that in the exacta. I, I, I feel like the, you know, Derby exacta is usually usually pretty good um, because you usually get your surprise kind of in second. Um, you know, um, as opposed to getting like the, the surprise in third, it's why the, why the Derby trifecta and the Derby exacta usually does pretty well, um, you know, outside of years where it's like Nyquist and exaggerator. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I think, I think that it, it makes sense to, to maybe just kind of take a couple, you know, Dutch win bets on some of these, you know, could be closing in late kind of horses. Um, but, and I mean, watch the races throughout the day. And if you don't think that, you know, the track's going to allow it or, you know, whatever reason, then, then, you know, don't make them. But, well, this is always the thing about the Derby though, because it's three hours between dirt races. Uh, they yeah. scrape, they scrape that up and you, you have to anticipate that that is going to be a conveyor belt for the Derby. I yeah. Mean, but I, I mean, it's still, even the most can, you know, even the most rapid Jetsony conveyor belts, they'll still melt down, you know, if it gets, if it gets a little too hot or you've got, you know, some cheap speed on the, on the front. I'm just saying that I, I think essential 100% think that essential quality is your winner. Um, but I, I see some reasons to be brave in verticals and also in just kind of, you know, Dutch, you know, kind of flyer win bets at some of these horses that if they come out of the gate, you know, 70 to one, it's like, well, we fuck, I got to bet this one. Yeah, Dallas Stewart's not training anybody in this in this year's Derby, so <laughs> there goes my key for second with a horse. So maybe Kenny McPeak uh, could take that mantle. I don't King know. Fury. Yeah. So I have I have a five dollar futures bet on King Fury from Futures Pool One that I'm live to. And then I've got a ten dollar futures bet live to um oh uh uh midnight bourbon actually it was five dollars to midnight bourbon and then ten dollars to uh King Fury. Picking up Mike Smith, I wonder if we consider that an improvement from Joe Talamo. <laughs> right. Joe Talamo was oof. I'm trying not to he has been brutal this spring. Yeah, it, he just he never looked looked comfortable at a uh, at a uh, Oaklawn. Josh, what are you what are you what are you going to do this weekend? How are you going to fire away at these at these here races? Are you going to play? Are you going to get fancy multiple day cross card? You know, sexy, Ooh. or are you going to get you going to get vertical sexy? I know you've been playing a lot of keyed exactas, a lot of keyed doubles. Are you going to get? Are you going to get slightly vertical and also slightly horizontally sexy? Uh, I think I will probably be playing mostly horizontals, uh, mostly smaller, as in doubles and pick threes. Um, I might, I might take a swing at the pick five. That is it the pick five that ends in the derby. I think, I think that might be the like lone big horizontal i play um i kind of like uh i kind of like two horses in that uh pat day mile i mean they're the, the short price horses there um i think the oh man i'm like scrolling through these races trying to remember yeah i think the turf classic i mean i'll probably just single colonel liam and move on and uh you know i'll, I'll be live to at least three horses in the derby is the plan um, with uh, the Dina Spirit, um, Essential Quality, and Rock Your World. Those would be my three A's if I did anything. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of agree. I, I think with the, uh, I you know, there's just not a ton of ton of speed in here, um, like pure speed. Um, so I'm just I'm just interested to see what happens, right? I mean, some something wonky is going to happen, right? Like there's only you can you can only just assume, right? Like that's that's the feeling you're getting too. Yeah, I mean, like that's going to be a little price dependent too. I think what I do, um, like especially like like doubling into this uh, last race. I mean, like. If we're going by morning line odds, like I think absolutely, like Medina Spirit, you should play at fifteen to one. If if for nothing else, because uh, I mean, who the fuck knows uh, what kind of shape that horse is going to be in if you catch my drift? Um, but uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it's like I, like I see fifteen to one, but I mean, what what's the 
what are the chances that Medina Spear ends up your fourth choice, your fifth choice in here, you know, at like eight or nine to one, you get halved, you know. I'm a little less excited about about that that prospect, but yeah. I, Medina, I, Spe Medina Spear power rates according to Brisnet is the second best horse uh, on the prime power ratings. Yeah, that horse is gonna take. You know, I, I'd like to see what the, the offshores have the like the futures um bets at right now, but yeah, that I, I I don't think if you like Medina Spirit, I don't think you get a, just like a huge price, but I think you get a fair price because it's a twenty horse field. Um, you know, there's just only so many ways that the that the dollar can get split, and you know, there not be just like crazy overlays. Um, yeah, I. I'm kind of surprised that Known Agenda and Medina Spirit are both ten to one. On the morning line, instead of six to one for known agenda and fifteen to one for Medina Spirit. I mean, that Gulfstream race was slow. Yeah, <laughs> like I know part of it was the track, but I mean, seeing how Gulfstream normally plays, that was slow. Yeah, I. It's gonna. I, I really think that the the Kentucky Derby, you might even get just like a, a more just fucking bananas outcome because you know like like we've just said like where where exactly is all the speed coming from you know who's who's going to be out on the lead is it is it going to heat up or are they just going to run one of these you know twenty horse bunch races and I really feel like someone's gonna you know you're going to have interesting instructions from the trainers and you're going to have you know a little bit of a little bit of gamesmanship and it makes you wonder like what's the who's the crazy just out of the blue horse who just like tears ass for the lead that you know actually melt really melts this down for you know some closer or you know the the huge price that probably won't happen because it just never seems to happen <laughs> what do we think I'm asking you guys this question. What do we think the best prep was for the Oaks? And what was the best prep for the Derby? Do we think coming into this these races? Uh, mm. I honestly, I, I thought the Arkansas Derby was an excellent prep. I thought that was a really excellent prep for as short of a field as that was. Um, I don't know what to make of the Santa Anita Derby day. It feels like you had, feels like you had a little bit of wonky track that kind of, you know, contributed to a few things. I mean, I think I think the Oaks, I think it's the, the fairgrounds Oaks. I mean, I know, I know that's like the, uh, the normal, like best prep for, uh, for those, uh, for the Oaks, but um, I, I, I mean, I like the two, I like two of the horses coming out. I like travel column. I think Clarier is a, is a pretty strong, strong horse in there as well. Um, I just, uh, I just, I guess kind of, I'm, I'm looking, looking elsewhere to kind of, uh, get a little bit of value, but, uh, the, the Oaks preps out of Oaklawn that I watched were, they were just, they weren't great races. Like you, there was absolutely nothing impressive about any of the wins. It was just, you know, I, th I think it was, uh, um, I can't remember the name of the horse, but the, the horse that won the two, like the honeybee and, uh, like the Martha Washington, um, it just not impressive wins. Um, not impressive at all. Um, that wasn't Pauline's Pearl. It was the other one. It was like Co Will, Will Secret. Will Secret. Yes, that's what it was. Like the court horse. <laughs> yeah, the, it was the. It was just the kind of the court horse when it didn't do anything spectacular, but the races just kind of fell to it both times. So, like, I would, I'd probably toss either you know both of those horses with um, Will Secret and the uh, and the other ones that came out of the the Oaklawn. Oaks preps. Yeah, I think for the Derby, it's going to end up being that Santa Anita, the Santa Anita Derby. But I mean, two of the top three horses I think in the field are coming out of that race. So, yeah, I, 
I don't know how to grade some of the some of the Gulfstream um, preps, you know, winners because, well, I guess for one, one's not actually going to make the gate, the one that won two of them. But also, it's just they run those races in such quick succession, you know, um, and then they get such a long layoff um, from, like, the Florida Derby to the uh, – to the Kentucky Derby, if they don't take another, you know, take another race between them, that you know, I don't, I don't know what to make of some of these Gulfstream horses, but you know, like Soup and Sandwich, that might be a, a good one to mess with. Um, I'm so excited for Kendrick Carmouche to ride in the Derby. I'm so excited for that. I can't even stress how excited I am for him. All right, well. I think uh, I think that's gonna do it for us. Thank you again, John, for taking time out of your day and uh, sitting here and bullshitting with Chase and I uh, as we uh, try to get back on our, our regular schedule here. So, thank you. I'd like to do it more often. I appreciate uh, the time, the platform, and I don't know being a professor here at the very end and putting you guys on the spot with that question because <laughs> I mean, I mean, because also, I mean. It plays into how you handicap these races, uh, especially vertically. Like if you're, I mean, a couple of the horses that I like are coming. Like I'm putting Hidden Stash under on, underneath in some of these fields. I'm putting Saint Hood underneath. I'm going to put like the King underneath in my verticals. So I'm coming off those synthetic surfaces uh, where there was all sorts of trouble in the uh, stake stakes and uh, Tampa Bay. I'm going to play Helium underneath. So, and I wouldn't necessarily consider them strong prep races, but I think, you know, they're going to be closing from underneath and they won't be all that far back. And if they get, if they get clean runs, I think they are good enough from coming off the pace to play into the number. I, I think I would like those turfway closers more than the aqueduct closers. And I agree on the fairgrounds being the best path for the Phillies and the Oaks. Yeah, well, uh, I look forward to uh, your prodding questions in uh, in chat the next uh, couple days as we marathon through uh, through these stakes races on uh, on Thursday and Friday. And uh, yeah, for uh, for Chase, I'm Josh, and uh, we will catch you guys later.